0: You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck.
1: The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys,
2: Welcome to another shift on the Geeks Watch. We are here talking about The Great on Hulu. Another, another original series from Hulu. Mitch, you uh, know what's great? What's that?
3: <laughs> hardball <laughs>
2: starring Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I, mean, I remember that movie so well. And uh, I, I'm glad everybody is going to talk about that now because we're going to skip The Great and go straight to Hardball starring Keanu Reeves. It it's been a, a while. Early 2000 remake of Bad News Bears, but with Keanu Reeves.
1: Oh! Oh, man. I know what that is. With the actual remake of Bad News Bears. With Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah.
2: <laughs> bad Santa. <laughs> bad, bad Santa, yeah, because they were like, oh, he kind of yells at kids in this. How about we get him dressed up as Santa and yell at kids more? We <laughs> could have him cross there. over, and it could be Bat Santa. Bad <laughs>
1: Santa. Bad Santa Bears?
2: That sounds more like like <laughs> something that seems like I am the coach, yeah. I was gonna say it was more like Batman or something.
0: Now that would be entertaining to watch, would it? Batman <laughs> coach a little league, something
2: dressed up as Santa, yeah.
4: great. Right. Was, was that never an it's episode like of the animated series? Ridiculousness. It has to exist somewhere already.
1: <laughs> that I'm seems sorry. like a great one. This has it's, to be some record for going off the rails
4: <laughs> I
2: mean, in record time, that's for sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> welcome everyone we are talking about the great i
2: apologize it's okay. <laughs> it's gonna be episode five yeah episode five oh, yeah. great uh before we get to that let's talk about our weeks watch elizabeth what did you watch this week
0: so uh it's been over the last couple weeks but watched um the Newsroom on HBO Max. Um, I'd seen the first season, hadn't seen the second or third season. Finished the second season. We're into the third season now. Um, still love it as much as the first time I watched it. I think it's just an exceptionally well-done show. Um, it's got everything I want in it in terms of tie-ins to real-life, current events in history, the drama, the comedy, great one-liners complex storylines
2: great characters great
0: characters yeah i i enjoy it quite yeah, a bit.
2: I, I have to say that it is uh because of my fault that she's watching it again. <laughs> um it, i it is the one piece of aaron i mean i love aaron sorkin writing but this is my favorite part of aaron sorkin's writing like career like really. uh yeah you don't it, like it no, he said, I don't, I, blame, I, I don't blame you. Him. I love Aaron Sorkin.
3: I was like, whoa. Did he sell you on this series by saying it was from Aaron Sorkin of West Wing fame? Of West Wing fame? No. No. Because
0: I, I
2: wasn't a West Wing fan.
0: Yeah. No, I had watched the first season of Newsroom. He, had, he started watching it one of the days that he was home. And I got home and just kind of got sucked back in. Because that's what happens when I watch these kinds of things. Just like when the reason I haven't started watching any of The West Wing is because I just then have to sit down and watch the
3: entirety of The West Wing.
2: And that's a whole lot more seasons, than and that's New that's York. a
3: bit oh, much. Yeah. That's okay, you, you can that's pretty right. much stop halfway through the Santos campaign. It's all right. That's like the last season. Yeah, but the last <laughs> few episodes didn't need to happen. Listen, Welcome back to another episode on the Geeks Watch where we talk about <laughs> the West Wing. and
0: <laughs> I mean, I could do an entire set of podcasts on the West. I love the West Wing. I mean, they
2: have those podcasts. I know. <laughs> and you could definitely make one yourself, too. Uh, yeah, I, I not that I don't like the West Wing. I, I have watched the West Wing. I do like it. I just, I just am not a fan of it as much as other people. And I love... Mm-hmm. Uh, I love newsroom. I loved sports night. I loved uh Sunset or no, what is it? Yeah, Sunset on Sunset Strip. What is it? Studio 60 on Sunset Strip. That's what it's called. There you go. Uh social network. Those are all great stuff. So um going yeah. back to the newsroom, rewatching uh D- Jeff Daniels do the whole America Isn't great speech at the beginning of the series is yep. just yeah, fun that's to what-
4: watch that's what got me to watch it was somebody put that speech as like a YouTube clip on Facebook and I watched it and I was like, what is this? Where is this from? <laughs> yeah. And it's, then I, I binge watched like all three seasons, I think in a week or something, week and a half, maybe. Yeah. 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 So that good. makes sense. It is, it is
0: fantastic. It, and it's one of those, cause I can't, I don't tend to be able to binge things <clears throat> cause I get too wrapped up in the storyline and in the emotions, that it becomes detrimental to my well-being.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But the way the newsroom is written is, is it's still fairly easy for me to binge because it's serial enough or procedural enough that I, I can kind of just roll with it, um, while still having some of those great overarching storylines that feed through each of the episodes. Mm-hmm. So I it's a very pleasant watch for me.
2: Yeah. How each episode has a significant event in news for that year helps out in the procedural feel of it because that day is the day that the oil pipeline burst or that day is the day of the Boston marathon bombing. Like that was obviously would have been a (laughs) day in a newsroom and especially a a nightly news show like that would, (laughs) would have been crazy.
0: Exactly. So but yeah, so that's what I've been watching recently.
2: Yep, the the newsroom is available now on HBO Max or HBO Now if you have uh either one. If you have one, you should have the other. Like I believe if you have an HBO Max account, they you have an HBO Now account. So. Uh Steven, what have you been watching this week?
3: I feel like I might steal yours. We'll find out here. No, oh, really. Watched, I watched the the reboot of Perry Mason. I didn't. I need to watch it, though.
4: That's so on my list. I did don't know if you, you guys, but... Did you like it?
3: So I'm torn because I really did. But also, I think, like, after two episodes, I'm going to be like, I've had enough of this.
4: Okay, so I haven't been able to watch it myself yet. But my mom has been watching all the old Perry Masons on one channel. They've been <laughs> doing marathons of Perry Mason every day. And so she saw this Perry Mason come out. And she surprisingly watched it without me on HBO.
3: How did she feel about it after watching classic Perry Mason? She
4: hated it. Oh, she hated it so bad. She's like, he's not even a lawyer. And I was like, That's, okay. that's, the, that's the
3: criticism for it, yeah.
0: It's just, I I mean, all I've seen is the trailers, but it's very clearly not the original Perry
3: Mason. Yeah. Like it, yeah. This ain't your Grampy's Perry Mason.
4: I don't, I don't. She didn't. She went in without watching a trailer, and I was thinking she would wait to watch it with me, so I could be like, "Hey, it's an HBO show." Like,
3: yeah, know you know what you're getting into.
4: Yeah. At, at
3: one point in the episode, Perry Mason is being he he is yeah no nah, this is a bad sentence but this is the best way to describe this he is being had sex with. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Someone is doing sex to him um oh. and not, not, oh, like yeah. in, like, not like in an un, like a like a an unwelcome way he's not being assaulted other than the fact that the person is being very vigorous with him to the point God. where he, he is sexed up into the wall and the bed is pushed aside and he's kind of like this <laughs>
2: <laughs> and i think just <laughs> that one act, even because this is an audio podcast <laughs> Think of a mannequin with the hands sideways, but the body upright. Like that's what Stephen was making. You you know how when you lose your pillow,
3: your favorite pillow, you'll have two pillows, but one of your pillows sometimes gets shoved to the side of your bed. You have to dig really like dig down deep to get it from between the wall and your bed. That happens to Perry Mason.
0: Um, (laughs) Meaning he ends up between the wall and the bed.
3: (laughs) Yes. Yes. He is forced down like the favorite pillow. And just knowing that that one will have their
2: bed up against the wall
3: yeah
2: that's
3: true that's true <laughs> i'm an adult uh, a <laughs> but, the yeah, uh, but uh it like just knowing that one thing that happens in this episode sets it apart already yeah and that doesn't have anything to do with any of the serious material in the show but the serious material of the show is also very much like it's still an hbo series in so yeah. many ways if you like true detective this one's going to work for you. If you didn't like True Detective, sorry.
2: I did not like the first season of True Detective, so I'm kind of scared now.
3: Yeah, no. Uh, it does have a lot more humor and more upbeat parts, but the what it starts off with in the beginning of the episode is not where it finishes. But I've only seen the one episode so far, and they're releasing it weekly, so it, we have yet to see how this actually nets out. And but I liked what
2: I see. You liked it. and They're labeling it as a mini-series, so... I'm wondering how many episodes that means. Probably, f- maybe four. Yeah, I mean that—that's what I always think for
3: miniseries because that's how Battlestar Galactica was, and for oh. some reason in my mind that defines mini miniseries. I don't know. Does it? But it was good though. Like I, the thing that I came away from thinking, what? or came away from the episode thinking was, I, I should watch per, old Perry Mason. And then I thought, I don't have access to Old Perry Mason, so then <laughs> I went and got my Columbo DVDs. Well, there
2: you go.
0: I mean, that's a solid second choice. That's, I don't think that's, that's I a good one, too,
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I prefer the Old Perry Mason to Columbo, but it's a solid second choice.
2: I will sit there and watch Matlock, thank you very much, because I'm <laughs> 70 years old.
3: It's <laughs> 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 okay. I'm, I'll be right there with you. All, all of the old sitcoms from the 80s and 90s oh, yeah, that I like, I'm right next to you.
2: <laughs> uh, yes, it it IMDB yes, does say it's eight episodes long. Um I love Matthew Rice. Uh I think that's how you say his last name. Um as an actor, he's the one who's playing Perry Mason. If you <laughs> watched him in uh The Americans, he was uh one of the leads in that. And he was the lead alongside Tom Hanks in the uh Welcome to My Neighborhood movie, or the the Mr. Mr. Rogers, Rogers. Biopic, oh. yeah. He's the he's the reporter that's writing the story about Mr. Rogers. He does an amazing job in that.
3: Interesting one. There, there's something about the way that he portrayed the character, too, where I thought it kind of plays into the wheelhouse of, I think, the best parts of Edward Norton back in the day.
2: Oh, nice.
3: Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think now Edward Norton fits
2: that role. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Definitely a different type of actor altogether. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've only watched the first episode so far is that because there's only been one episode so far?
3: Yeah, like after the first episode I wanted to watch another. And so in that regard, um kind of like binge culture has ruined me because now I'm just like well shit. <laughs> <laughs> and there was only an okay episode of last week tonight after
2: that. It was, uh, it was the whole thing. I mean, is it weird like his his like second segment now on last week tonight is always something that seems a little bit off topic lately, in what regard?
3: I, because I feel like they've all been pertinent. It's but pertinent. Don't get me wrong. A large like, larger e- chunk of the episode, it seems like they're focusing on that as opposed to everything else in the episode. Yeah, we're
2: well, not focusing on the current events anymore. Like or not as much. Like the first segment always is current, like the straight up current event, and then the, mm-hmm. it seems like the second segment is usually the their the. the quote unquote main story is something to go back to that first like the current events but like what was this week what was a uh, this, this one was uh,
3: prison prison uh,
2: reform
0: the coronavirus in prisons yeah
2: i guess the coronavirus is is pertinent but like the week before that was facial recognition but that one that one's incredibly pertinent right now too though yeah it's, yeah. it's all scary just- but, like We're in a – maybe it's because I'm watching way too much uh, newsroom, but we're in election year. It should be falling more about politics. Listen, man, for for what's out there,
3: people, if they haven't made up their minds by now, I mean, what more are you going to say?
0: Well, I mean, true, but there are questions regarding – Local Senate and House elections, which are going to be exceptionally pertinent when you think about the fact that we're in a census year, which means that these next rounds of elected officials will determine the maps for who represents who and in what districts and how those all get broken out, which is incredibly crucial for the following decade.
1: And we're talking
3: for
0: 10 years, which is far beyond any elected president.
1: For this and one, maybe... Gonna- oh,
0: go, ahead.
3: go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. Continue.
0: Say And then you also have the issues of mail-in ballots and foreign actors dealing in our election this
3: year, which what are all. all-
2: did, they did they did do mail-in ballots? I don't remember the foreign actors one though.
3: I mean, oh. that's been a consistent one. Whenever like a person pops up in that one, they hit them, uh, and they okay. did a big one before. I think it was around. Um, was it Pompeo? No, 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 no. Um, so short guy, uh, real grumpy. Turned up, flipped it. over from everybody. Flynn? Michael Flynn? I think it's Flynn.
0: Flynn? I mean, yeah. well, Flynn just had a huge win in the Court of Appeals.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that was breaking news, but
2: we're
3: getting off topic. No, it's, it's just Welcome insane. To another episode of the Geek Watch. <laughs> we're talking
2: about last week tonight. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, okay, so Prairie Mason is on HBO right now, so you can get it on HBO now, HBO Max.
3: Yeah, also go register for voting. And, drink and some water. make
2: sure you register to vote. Do your wrist stretches. <laughs> Jessica, what did you watch this week?
4: Uh, Not a lot, actually. Not anything new, really, other than I started Space Force, but I'm only, I think, like three episodes in. And uh, I got to say, I actually really like it. <laughs>
2: And <laughs> I, I, I don't
4: i don't know if it's just because like i'm an army brat and so i traveled a lot to different army bases and you just get a feel for how the military is and this is just the perfect utter satire <laughs> but at the same time i'm like yeah there's a four-star general that's exactly like this like and i think that's why I, like it's nostalgic to me in a way like everything that's kind of sort of bad about the military but also some of the stuff that's kind of good about the military and i kind of and en- enjoy that at least that's what i'm getting from three episodes in so like i like yeah i actually really like it i laugh a lot watch it with my family and i yeah, i like it i get it's, a, it's it is a lot different than other like it wasn't what I was expecting necessarily, but like after watching it, I'm like, Oh, I understand why they did it this way. Because I was like, yeah, that's pretty much exactly how it would be. Like (laughs) wastefulness. Why do we, I think my favorite joke was why like $3,000 to cover all the buttons. Why do we need that? And then he accidentally launches a rocket. I think that might be, (laughs) (laughs) that would so happen in a budget meeting. Like we don't need this. Like We don't need this. Why? Uh, I
2: mean, I know we talked I talked about it weeks ago when we were on when we when I brought it up and if you just talk about that first episode I was very ready to to go either way on it until the very end of the first first episode when you have the Chinese satellite just come over and sabotage the American satellite and I was just like okay this is dumb <laughs> like this is ridiculous. like that was the tipping point for me in the first episode.
4: See that that just put it more comedy for me than anything. I was like, I like, yeah.
3: The satellite, like the satellite, came over so cleanly. Like it wasn't (laughs) two objects in space. It was yeah, (laughs) came cleanly over. Snipped the stuff. Like I think it gave like a little push after, yeah, and and then just flew away.
4: (laughs) And then the met gets launched out at the end, and you're just like, what the. Yeah. <laughs> but that's I like that kind of like what the fuck humor. So like that would never happen. And then the next episode with the monkey, like that was just it would <laughs> never happen. But it's so ridiculously funny. I don't know. Yeah. The teenager is. I do agree that the daughter she is a bit bit strong and teen angst. But
2: yeah, and that's that's how we write teenagers. So that's how it's we write true. teenagers. Or they
3: or they cuss a lot
2: or they cuss a lot there's like a lot. there's a I, it, anybody else is watch i'm probably i'm gonna say nobody else is watching it other than me uh the new star girl show that's on dc universe um it and also on the cw uh they have a teenage boy in that that is also very much like i don't listen to anybody else i just eat sugar all day like it, it gets annoying yeah
3: is that is that part of his power or something
2: no, he's just Stargirl's little little brother and he's just annoying and he okay. eats sugar all day. He won't eat regular food, but he'll go grab a bag, box of t- Pop-Tarts and they make sure like even in the latest episode he had a science experiment to do and he creates a volcano, but it's all out of candy and it's chocolate lava and it's just like, okay. Did he become the superhero
1: insulin boy?
2: He's, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. He's going to be a uh, diabetic coma boy. <laughs> I'm sorry I hijacked your your thing, Jessica. So oh, okay. Space Force is on Netflix. Is there was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Like did it three episodes in. Yeah. W- what's your biggest questions about the show?
4: I am if curious. I am I just really want to know why his wife's in prison. I'm pretty sure I know why his wife's in prison, <laughs> but I really want to know exactly why. <laughs>
3: I did think one of the best comedic moments was with Lisa Kudrow because she's, she's she's a comedic genius. Everyone yeah. acknowledges it, but the part she's like, "Yeah, I don't know this. What was the name of the lady in prison with her?" I, I forget remember.
2: the name. I don't remember. But yeah, yeah,
3: she's like, "Oh no, yeah," she told me this, and he's like, "Wow, she sounds like a good friend." that was <laughs> like, yeah. a great moment. I really, I really liked that. Part. No,
4: I th- I think actually her first scene was what nailed it for me. On like, yeah, they. They got the military just right. Was that scene where he tells her that they're going to on Colorado, and she just starts crying? And it's just like <laughs> that's what any military wife would do. Like just oh, <laughs> like
2: I would definitely say right. that my, my favorite parts is when they're referring to the president, and you know that they're referring to the current president. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like obvious. Like these are dumb things, and it's just like yeah. Um, oh that sounds right
4: (laughs) I think there was like a joke about like why would you send hundreds of AK 47s into space oh we had to find out if they would shoot and the scientist was like yeah we know they would shoot why would we do that like science says they would shoot and and the guy's like POTUS said we had to that's so right it
3: hurts not far
0: far off. off it's great
3: they signed that wall this week with the permanent marker.
4: Yep. Why? Yep. Okay, I'm sorry. That's he was there.
1: <laughs> Moving on. That's
2: not this podcast, though. So we'll, we'll move on. John, what did you watch this week?
1: Ah, uh, well, this week I watched a couple of things. The uh, the main one is called. It's an Amazon original. It's called The Vast of Night.
2: Oh, the Vespa night! I saw the trailer for this. This looked interesting. How was it?
1: It is very interesting. It is essentially um, like a play. Um, Okay. The way that it's structured, it's got some very long takes, uh, some some one shots, uh, including one very interesting one that essentially covers the uh, entire length of a small little town, um, right even through an ongoing basketball game. It's really interesting. It's framed like an episode of The Twilight Zone meets uh, the other one, Outer Limits.
2: Outer Limits, yeah. Um,
1: But it's actually more in line with uh, the tone of like amazing stories from the '80s, that old stuff, which is
2: coming back on Apple TV.
1: It is. And um, so it starts off, you're in, like in a 1950s living room and you're slowly zooming in onto a like an old, you know, radiola looking television. And it begins the intro to like a television show. Like I said, it's sort of like a hybrid between the Twilight Zone and the Outer Limits. And you start actually seeing the beginning of a, like, a, I guess of a program. And as you go in deeper and deeper into the screen, then the show becomes the reality. So it's like a show within a show. And you follow, the the whole first act is essentially nothing but character building. Like, you don't even know what's really going on. You just have these two main characters. You find out one of them works at a radio station. The other one's like a teenage operator girl that does a night shift. And um, I guess about maybe a halfway or a third of the way through, that's when you actually see what's going on with the plot, Um, which is that the operator hears a strange radio signal, So she contacts the guy running the radio station, and this takes place like in 56 or 57.
3: Hmm.
1: And the way the whole thing plays out, it's it's mostly just people talking. Uh, They get one radio caller that says, I know what that sound was. I was in the military. And he just goes through this whole explanation, and it's kind of creepy because it's just him going on this long speech about an experience he had in the military in the 40s. And then um, they lose that connection. They people from outside start saying they saw something weird in the sky, but you don't see what it is. It's all like very kind of old school style, uh, you know. Something. What was that? That one old story. Uh, the World monster. World? Or two, Maple Street. Or oh like that. yeah, the monster. Uh, yeah where it's a lot of, like, third-hand information kind of being relayed amongst people. And it's it's really interesting the way that's done. Then they speak to someone else in the town that says they think they know what's going on, and you hear their side of it, and um, it does a really good job. At first, it's like, yeah, I get the concept. This is kind of hokey, but I get what they're going for. Then at one point, it genuinely does become kind of creepy. You're like, wow, this is kind of effective storytelling. It's kind of bizarre. Is a lot yeah. of...
3: Is is it predominantly set in like the radio station? Like, is it like a Pawnee pool kind of
1: thing? Uh, it is primarily in like single locations, um, mm. but they do uh, towards the end that there is some traveling that happens. Um, but yes, yeah, so, it like it takes place at first. I want to say the first quarter of the movie takes place, or yeah, I guess it's a movie it takes place in um, in and around a high school basketball game. So the character's walking around, talking to different people. They're setting up to start the game, and it all looks like it's happening in one long shot. There are edits, but they also do some long shots too. And uh, then it kind of there's transition scenes. Like so, then the main guy walks the I guess the secondary protagonist, which is the teenage girl, from the gym all the way to her work at the uh, the operator station which is, like, across town. And that's a small town, mind you, but they walk and talk the whole way. And, like I said, Hmm. it's all just, like, primary character building. She's apparently a huge uh, science fiction fan, so she's talking about Hmm. things in popular mechanics and, like, how exciting it's going to be that by the 70s they're going to have, like, geospatial mappings, essentially GPS. Um, By the 70s, I was like, oh, that's a little uh, optimistic, but, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see. (laughs) And, um... Yeah, so, and he's just kind of like a, yeah, whatever, you know, like, he's like an older guy, he's just kind of humoring her, um, and he wants to be like a DJ, and but he works at the small town, so he's just doing his best. And, uh, and it takes place in New Mexico, so it's, you know, just perfect for the time frame of like alien sightings and whatnot. Um, I want to say, I felt, I'm not going to give away what it was, but I felt that the ending was somewhat disappointing without giving it away. I think okay. other people might be like, no, that that fits. That's what it should have been. But I was like, eh, I would have liked it if it was a little different or something else. But <laughs> anyway, okay. yeah, there's there's some interesting stuff. The the way that it was shot, the the interactions, the acting, it's all it just it feels like it was adapted from a from a play in a way. Just because of how long the conversations are between people and they talk fast. I mean these are some like just quick like filled with 1950s jargon um, I'm glad I had closed captioning because there's some things I kind of <laughs> missed um, but I thought it was really good I, I, re- I definitely enjoyed it it's not overly long it's like an hour and a half at the most uh, like an hour 31 minutes um, but I thought it was interesting just in the way that it was presented in and of itself and I just felt like it had a slightly disappointing ending for my taste but it could be perfect for someone else
2: I mean, knowing what we know about you, John, we can only imagine what it is that you imagined the ending to be, and we're disappointed by not it being. Well, I, I carry no, not surprised.
3: No neon <laughs> tentacle
2: monsters.
1: Um, no, no, no don't, don't tell me, don't tell I me. Don't, yeah, I, I won't go into the the exact details, but. Let's just say some really interesting things get set up. I really love the fact that because a lot of this is third-hand information being relayed, uh, you're not sure quite either. what to believe or if the entirety of somebody's story is accurate. But there's the little parts that do turn out to check out. So then that kind of makes you think, well, they were telling the truth about this, so then could everything they said work, was, you know be true? And mm-hmm. then that happens a couple times. It's It's more just like an interesting viewing experience, I suppose. But um, yeah, I would say if you're interested in this kind of 1950s throwback sci-fi, definitely give it a shot. I think that more things like this should be made just because it was a a well-spent hour and a half.
3: I want to make sure I recommend Tales from the Loop for you then.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah. Amazon. Mm. Uh, I, I had one
3: question for John about a short clip that he might have seen on the internet. It's not conspiracy okay. theory related, okay? All right. um, no, uh, John. Do you follow Girlfriend Reviews on Twitter?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, oh. well, not on Twitter, but yes, I do. Okay. did
3: them. Did you see Did you see them uh, playing The Last of Us two?
1: I did not. I'm waiting so they you to uh, actually upload the video. Uh,
3: it, it like it was a clip from it. Uh, but in The Last of Us two, there's essentially a fully functional way to play guitar with the touchpad on the PS4, what? and all your chords and everything. It's amazing. People are making really cool things with it. They did an impromptu cover of Creep. What? And she sang it.
1: I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. And it's really good. Just wanted to make sure you saw this. And for the rest I of the
3: people on the internet, please also go look my, it up.
1: That is next on my watch list. The last <laughs> thing I wanted to mention, just a real quick thing that I saw shortly before watching our, recording this podcast, as a matter of fact. Uh, there's this new podcast out now called uh, Love of Pages that,
2: Aww.
1: and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of interesting." Uh, listening to uh, these three uh, charming hosts discuss uh, literature and uh, the interesting things they have to say about it. Well, thank you. Thank you.
2: Yes, you can and- listen to that podcast at the same place you listen to this podcast, or you can go watch it because it's a video podcast on our YouTube channel. Look up That's what told it
1: on me. That was <laughs> until I saw that.
2: <laughs> okay. So, Vast of Night is on Amazon Prime. Go out and watch that. It's only an hour and 30 minutes, and, and it's a movie. I thought it was going to be a TV series, or I thought it was going to be a whole C- series, but good to know. <clears throat> okay. For my week's watch, I finally got to watch two movies from last year that I didn't get a chance to watch before this. And they both star Shia LaBeouf. I watched. Oh, I know which movies you're going to talk about. And I'm <laughs> glad you watched them. I watched The Peanut Butter Falcon and Honey Boy. And I have to say, I enjoyed <laughs> both of them quite a bit. Uh, so Peanut Butter Falcon is definitely a much better movie. Uh, Honey Boy is a very strenuous movie to watch. Uh, just okay. having to see him. You can since that one is written by Shia, Shia LaBeouf, and you know it's very autobiographical. Autobiographical. Uh, him having to come to terms with his the relationship that he has with his father, like that was all very, very strenuous.
3: It was a <laughs> it was a lot for sure.
2: A lot, yeah. <laughs> uh, Unbroken Falcon though. First, that that movie is yeah. a very good movie. If if um. You just like the Stand by Me type of uh, road trip, walking along, becoming more friends kind of movie. That's what that is like. Uh, Shia Buff's character is very much a despicable type of character. Uh,
3: Did, he that seems strong. I think he's he's bad, but that seems
2: like I don't. It seems mean, like a, a harsh word for it. I don't know. So the beginning he's of the not redeeming qualities like. He does have the redeeming qualities, which is why I didn't say that he is a terrible character. He's just a little bit despicable. Like he he sets that dock on fire, and that spreads and destroys a good amount of the seafront, like in that town.
4: Oh god! I was yeah. picking like a person called Doc, and not like a dog. Dog, and I was like, oh my god.
2: <laughs> it's like, it's, he's like a doctor on fire. Right? Dog,
4: <laughs> what is that
0: the seven dwarves, dog burning no, live person. Yeah, just, just a like you gotta save <laughs> me, Marty. <laughs> like a live person
3: on fire, not setting. <laughs> a dog. But no, uh, no, like I, I think he, he he does that, but that's supposed to be something where he's trying to get back at a couple a couple guys, and it's just supposed to be those crab traps, you know, and then everything gets out of control. I, it, it's like a classic but, kind see, that, of story that, that, of that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, but that's the kind of thing where a person like that, you know, he's like, oh, I just wanted to do this little thing and everything got out of out of control. And that's, mm-hmm. you can tell that that kind of person, it happens to them a lot. Things just get too out of control. and It's not really their fault. Like it wasn't really like he, the whole thing starts because he is stealing crabs from their crab tracks, traps. Like he is mm-hmm. literally robbing money from them. At, yeah. at that point so he's not I, he's not a good person but yes he does have I, redeeming qualities
3: in that one though like is he stealing is he stealing crabs from the best of people I mean I'm okay with some bad stuff happening to those guys too
2: you know but they're you don't know anything about those guys until after he steals the crabs like they could be is, good people but they're, <laughs> he's stealing money from them they seem like pieces of shit they do <laughs> seem like pieces
3: <laughs> of <for> shit <laughs> i mean, like they. to be fair, I don't know anything else
2: about them, but they they seem like mega buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> uh you do, and then he meets up with um oh, I don't even remember what the main character's name is. the peanut uh, butter falcon. The Peter falcon, yeah, that's right. Zach. It's Zach. He, mm-hmm. he, the actor's name is Zach, and the character's name is Zach. He uh he is a uh, man with man with uh, Down syndrome and uh, he escapes because he lives his life in an old person's home like a nursing home yeah. and he's obviously much too young for that and he doesn't want to be there he has a, a VHS tape of a wrestling school advertisement that he really watch he just watches over and over over yeah. and over. it's, it's the really best and he just needs to get to this South Carolina wrestling school so that he can be a a professional wrestler. Bear in mind that this is a 25 year old VHS tape, if not more. And you know, when he finally gets there, he comes to realize that that's not a thing anymore. Uh, But the adventure that they have along the way is what's the great stuff. I know this is a little bit of a spoiler, but for those who have watched it, what do you interpret from the ending? It, which part of the ending?
3: Like, do you, uh, like do you, do you mean like, uh, how things actually go or particular scenes? Cause I feel like there's a turning point where you can start to interpret things
2: differently for sure. I think you can definitely interpret things differently when he's in the ring, but yeah, then from there forward. Yeah. So then I want to know the Shia LaBeouf stuff, the Shia LaBeouf character after he gets brained with a helmet <laughs> or helmet hammer. Yeah. Uh, is he actually in the backseat of that car or did he die in the hospital? I think so.
3: Um, not like because of, uh, what's it, um, Dakota.
2: Yeah. Uh, Dakota Johnson's character. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I was like, I don't want to say it wrong. Um, but yeah, because of Dakota Johnson's interaction with him, Zach has nothing like there's no motivation for Zach's vision of that scene. The way they show it. So I think that's happening for Dakota Johnson, if that makes sense. Okay. It's like the end of The Giver where you're like, I don't know, but did Jonas and him die?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. So uh, Steven is the only one that's seen this movie other than myself? Yep. Oh, you guys can watch this together? Mm. No. No. <laughs> you don't You don't seem to understand this. I watch everything. <laughs> She actually <laughs> has a life and career, so she. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I,
3: I I was so happy after this movie. Like I got so many things that I've wanted from movies and books and so much else that I haven't gotten in a long time. This is, this was
2: it was really good. It was really good, and and Shia LaBeouf does a great job in in mm-hmm. acting in this. Uh, and then Honey Boy reminds me of the fact that I do like. Shia LaBeouf as an actor I don't mm-hmm. Care for Shia LaBeouf as a person And <laughs> mm-hmm. it, It's not so much that I don't I think that he's a terrible person I just think that He is too Self-complicating If that makes sense and He's a drama queen That's yeah, the that's other way of putting it but <laughs> if, if this movie is to be Like understood As being true like what actually happened In his his past as a child then there is reason for him to be a drama queen to blow up his own life in many times that he does. But I feel like there are so many ways out there to get himself the help that he needs that it doesn't need to be that way. So
0: does this play like a um, therapy session? Yes. Well, that, very, that's what it,
3: that's what it came from. Yeah. Okay. The, like I think from that, from when that screenplay was written forward. We haven't seen any of the complicated Shia LaBeouf. I th- I think like, true? Yeah. Like honestly, like he, he did his whole like therapy thing. Um, the script for that movie came out of this. Um, Peanut Butter Falcon happened after that. And watching him on Hot Ones, he was a well balanced, if not my kind of person, individual. Really? And henceforth, like he's been good. <laughs>
2: Okay, I I, I mean it, the fact that I haven't seen him which is or, why heard we, or heard about him in the news. Mean is something that you you're probably right, but I'm just saying. What were you gonna say?
0: I said, which is why you should always go see a therapist. We highly recommend mental health. Yes, <laughs> mental health mm-hmm. awareness. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, if you get a chance, watch both these movies. Um, what's his Lucas? Uh, what is the the, the actor that played play, Lucas Hedges? Um if you've been watching movies in the last two years, you've heard his name. He is a very up and coming serious actor. He was in lady bird. Uh, also, he did a great job mm. in that. Um, but he plays the older version of Shiloh, the 22 year old version. Uh, the younger kid, Noah Jute plays the 20 12 uh, year old version of Shia, which is his name is Otis in the movie. Um, mm. He does. It does a great job too. But like the, the <laughs> mimicking of Shiloh, the buff and voice like, Lucas Hedges does a, an amazing job to do that.
3: I thought the flip of Really? That one, I thought there were like two scenes where the older version played him really well and did great like like you said like mimicry of Shia LaBeouf's mannerisms, but after like I, I don't know if he got lost in mimicking, but in other parts his character came off really Like it, it felt like a facade of an acting part where I believed the younger character throughout.
2: That's fair. I can, I can see that. Um, I don't know what this, uh, director had done otherwise Alma Harel. Uh, but I am interested in seeing some of her other work now at this point. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't recognize anything on her. Uh, IMDB, but it's a lot of documentaries and shorts. So there you go.
3: Even FKA Twigs was great in this, even though that was like a real odd character for being in a movie in 2020. FKA
2: Twigs, who's that?
3: Uh, the, the one shy who, girl? the what?
2: The, the shy girl. It's what it's it's on here as the oh. as the, cast, the, one, the the name. one in the the hotel. Right.
3: Um, yeah, that character. Yeah. Who is she? Uh, She's one of Shia LaBeouf's exes, um, but um, a musician and an actress.
2: Okay. Was she the one that was in American Honey? I don't know. Okay. Either way, uh, Clifton Collins Jr. is also in it. Shia LaBeouf is in it as his father, or at least the stand-in for his father. Um, Other than that... I, I didn't reckon... Oh, Natasha Leone is actually in it as the mother, but you never see the mother. She's only heard over the phone, so that's interesting that it was her. Um, Yeah. So, give that, give that a shot if uh, you're interested. They're both on Amazon Prime. Okay, let's get into the great. <laughs> Episode <laughs> 5. War and Vomit. War and Vomit. <laughs> now, I want to preface this, this with... uh. W- Before I got to watch the episode, I we we got a text from John (laughs) Uh, that you should really be be weary if you're have a queasy stomach in this episode. But honestly, I didn't think that scene was all that bad, John. Which scene are we talking about? (laughs) I assume the vomit on the on the lady's back when he was having sex with
1: her. It's pretty bad for my mom. It was the majority of the episode for me. I don't know what frame of mind I was in, but all of the low shots, all of the free-floating, like handheld camera movements, especially I think it oh. reached its zenith during the uh, the kids' party. I was like, oh, well, like <laughs> it was. It, everything just built up to this. I was like, you know, all the the horrors of you know the the war, you know, fatalities and all the death and the, the plot to then eventually murder Ivan and it, like the, the tainted borscht and the puking and the blood and all that, like, I think it finally just, I'm not a, somebody that's like sensitive to this kind of stuff, but this episode just, it just had an air of nausea for me.
0: <laughs> well, I guess I'd like to start with, so normally I ask everybody your favorite scene, but this episode I felt had a lot of really great one-liners. So, was there any one-liners that stood out to the rest of you? Oh, geez. Or like just very because there was a lot of brief conversations, just kind of going off. I, wish
2: I, I, had to, I <laughs> had to say that I I don't remember the exact line, but there was a there was a line when um, Aunt Elizabeth and uh, our main character Ka- Catherine. Catherine go to see Ivan, and Ivan has a whole thing of like. Uh, <laughs> Like, he said something. I'll be point- na- I
0: will promise I'll be nice. No,
2: it's not that one. It's the. Yeah, so he's like, I'm, I'm nine years old for fuck's What was it, Steven? It was the one he says, like, I'm
3: nine years old for fuck's sake. <laughs> that was
2: good. That was good. <laughs> what? But it was something about like, he's like, I do want to kill him or I, I, I'll i murder all of you or some shit like that. And I was just like, oh, that was good. Like, <laughs> the whole conversation with Iamun was great for me.
0: So I can say my two favorite were my absolute favorite was at the end of the episode when Elizabeth Aunt Elizabeth has killed Ivan and she looks at Catherine and goes You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that's so all, I had was, all I had was the rock in Moana in my head. Oh, because um, <laughs> like that was the look. Like, yes, I saved your butt. Like, you're welcome. Um, and then another the one was Gregor was confessing to George that he had poisoned. Um, Peter and he's like, Well, you gave me that look, and that look said, Do something. It
2: should be a man.
0: Not what the look <laughs> no.
2: She goes on in that conversation to be like, Well, I didn't know what I wanted you to do. Like, I wanted you to do something, but not this. And it's just like,
4: Didn't you want me to kill him? Yes, no. <laughs> <laughs>
3: See, I, the, when did you guys watch this episode because i watched it today like right before recording and i didn't get that interpretation of those scenes she seemed like a lot more like like yes no yes no but not in a way that was like how could you it's, i mean you could but how could you i didn't get that from it it was what? like a well i didn't want to like I, I don't know
4: yeah, like, well, yeah, I wanted you to do something, but I didn't want you to do something. Like I wanted you, but it was dumb for me to want you to do something. That's what I caught from it. Like I
2: so very confusing to a guy who's just had to <laughs> realize that his wife is having sex with another man again.
0: Well, and has been potentially harmed.
2: Yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. That that was definitely his catalyst until he sees that Peter was also harmed. So maybe it was not a an attack like he perceived it to
2: be. And then, but that also when he sees that Peter had scratches that set him off even more. He's like, "Oh, I just need to kill you because you both had very passionate sex."
4: <laughs> she doesn't See? scratch me, god damn it! Like
3: <laughs> <laughs> they did have passionate sex later, and in that exact moment when they were like. Nun, 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 nun about it I, I realize you know what i don't think sex has ever motivated me the way it has motivated anyone in television or movies ever yeah. <laughs> and i'm okay with that you know
0: there you go there you go well if nobody else has any favorite one liners i guess we'll start at the beginning of this episode and um i'll just pop it in your mouth um
3: <laughs> jeez <laughs> Is that no. a quote from the episode? Because I don't remember yeah. that. that was <laughs> you don't remember that quote? How do you? How did you miss that? So Wait, we open. No, no, no. I, I, remember this. This is macaroons. because oh, yeah. it was so tied to the previous conversation. In my mind, yeah. I, was like, I don't
2: remember this.
0: <laughs> so we open with Catherine traveling with Elizabeth to go someplace, and we find out very quickly it's to the front lines to stand for a painting because that's what you do on a battlefield is you have your portrait painted and to pass out macarons, um,
3: 300 of them,
0: 300 of them to the wounded soldiers. Granted, I've never been a soldier, but I feel like the macarons were at least the better end of that. Like, I don't care about your painting. (laughs) Um, That's not going to inspire me. At least the tasty treat is sugary and sweet.
3: (laughs) It, It was weird to hear a number as low as that associated with any sort of battle or conflict, but that's in line with a lot of the time. It was just odd, which makes me sad. Yeah. So
0: what is everybody's takeaway from not only that battlefield, but Elizabeth's reaction to it? And then Catherine's. We get more about Catherine's, but Elizabeth has the scene right afterwards where she makes them stop the carriage so she can scream into the forest. So what, I I guess, what is anybody's takeaway on that? Anybody get any impressions or
3: feelings? I was wondering how they got the canvas there. (laughs) Because that was really, that was big. It was, it's like my whole
2: bedroom. (laughs) asking the real questions over here, Steven. I I was curious.
0: You know, they were focused on the fact that they felt the need to dress up their own dead soldiers in Swedish uniforms for the painting because the
2: artist couldn't I mean, where did they get the Swedish that? uniforms?
3: Yeah, no, I had questions about that one and then also like why does he need reference that bad,
2: you know? Yeah, why? It's not That's, a photo; it's a painting. You yeah. should be able to just do it from your imagination.
3: And I've seen paintings from that time period. Believe me, they were filling on a lot of blanks, not looking at reference. So mm-hmm. I, I don't. I understand that we're, this is a series that is occasionally historically accurate, <laughs> everything. But that was where I drew the line. You know,
0: <laughs> that was it for you. That, that was it. Was, yeah. That was
3: <laughs> yeah, but I did like no, his 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 stick. Like like it was like he had like Cruella De Vil's like cigar. <laughs> Or like cigarette smoking thing. that was like like four feet long with the charcoal at the end. That was wonderful. I want one of those if you guys are looking for Christmas presents for me. There you go.
0: Understood. Thank you.
3: She's just writing it down right now. You can tell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So then Elizabeth gets out and screams. Mm -hmm. And she tells Catherine that she's more than welcome to do the same. And she should. And then Catherine does scream inside the carriage. And you see a very poignant bonding moment, I think, between Elizabeth and Catherine, which comes to play later on in this episode, where she looks at Catherine and says, I knew it, you're finally becoming Russian.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, Elizabeth already had to live through this with the former Peter the Great. Mm -hmm. And she is becoming Russian in the fact that Life sucks, I guess. <laughs> like, things are bad all around. Just get used to it, like, kind of thing.
0: So, I guess, does anybody have any thoughts on the difference between the way Elizabeth approaches the direness and the futility of the situation and the way Leo approaches it when Catherine's describing her upset to him in the bedroom? Like, is it, do we. Are we just seeing two sides to the same coin? Are we seeing attempts at proactivity, futile as they may be? Because Elizabeth clearly takes treats to the front line, goes and sees the soldiers frequently, and Peter doesn't see the reason why she does that. And Leo apparently writes sonnets about former friends who have died as cannon fodder.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's just it's just the different ways for people to mourn, right? Or to cope. cope. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um and I like that both that uh, uh, Catherine says to both is like those are both useless. Like it means nothing. Like why are these people dying? And that's I think that was to me the more poignant part of the episode or at least that conversation. Okay.
0: Oh. So Got then you. we get to the fun part. George and Peter have passionate sex, and Grigor goes off the deep end and takes the uh, painter's palette knife. Which, for a split second there, I thought he was going to stab Peter. Like that was that was where my brain was going. Like God, that's too shallow. <laughs> but instead, he decides to poison him with arsenic.
4: And boy.
3: <laughs> yeah, which it, was
0: not what I thought was in, because I thought it was paint. Yeah. So I could, okay, maybe lead poisoning. Arsenic was not where I was going.
3: Now, was I was he, confused by both materials in the thing that Peter ate from. Yeah. Oh, the borscht? Yeah, that looked very odd. It looked like strawberry it, preserves. It's it, a beet soup.
2: it's, it's yeah, a beet, it's
3: beet soup. soup. That's, that's what it, borscht looks like. It looked weird. I, I, it's odd.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> oh. cold, too. Yeah, it's, it's a cold soup. It's like cold a beet soup. soup. Yeah.
2: I honestly didn't understand if he was painting onto things arsenic, or he was scraping arsenic off of things.
1: I
0: Not a clue. Because
2: I thought it, later on, he said he was Grigger uh, said that the painter was restoring stuff, and this was the arsenic from that.
0: Sure.
2: Unless,
4: at like, the time, they used arsenic
2: to strip paint. Yeah, for strip paint things for dumb things.
3: Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, well, well, like, like, arsenic Early to mid 1900s, we were like, no, oh, I mean, we'll just thin out gasoline with lead."
4: Yeah, yeah. It's, I I'll mean, they
3: have things that say unleaded gasoline. It's okay. Were, we assume it's not.
4: I mean, Romans used asbestos for like everything. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and asbestos, well, no, you know what? Asbestos is a ver- versatile material. Fantastic.
4: Okay, and also, and then,
3: yeah.
0: of course, there came along those lines the most poignant point when the doctor's prescription of how to cure him for cholera yeah. was an arsenic tincture. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Give him more arsenic. He's
0: been poisoned with arsenic. <laughs> Let's give him more arsenic.
4: I don't eat blue foods. And Archie's just like, what's <laughs> blue <laughs> foods? What the fuck? Oh, oh, oh.
1: and 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 he had to wear a rat around his neck to a absorb the poison, or the poison. The rat.
0: Did anybody else think he was gonna eat the rat?
3: No. No. I thought I thought he might do something with it, but I, I had no I didn't specifically go to eat.
0: I, I thought he would start talking to it. Oh, that would be, yeah. yeah I just, I pictured it. him like just popping it in his mouth.
3: In his uh, mouth. Like, oh, I don't like this idea. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I, I, I like that we saw the character, um, Gregor actually go and do something motivated by all of these things. I think we've seen a lot of people have background motivations, and then it turns out the person who's been pretty much like by his side and relatively okay with the goings on of everything. It's finally like, you know what? Fuck it. I've had enough. <sighs> that
2: is nice. You, yeah. I mean, that's, Yeah, I've been saying that since the beginning of the, uh, this beginning of the series. Like I, no, I don't, we don't have, have this recording. You can't prove this. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> How dare you? So once the doctor has proclaimed that he has cholera and therefore will die, because that's the only conclusion with cholera um, <laughs> at this point. Archie, who's now been appointed patriarch, informs Catherine that the Senate will have to be called. And she's going to have to present herself as Empress.
4: That hurt real bad. Mm-hmm.
3: Did I've anyone
0: else anticipate that this was going to go terribly for her? Because oh, I, 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 in- I fully thought that this was going to go bad.
4: I knew it was going to go bad. It still hurt to watch because I, you get the same thing where it's just like something that's so embarrassing that you feel it yourself and you're just like... Oh, why would you just say you could just end a war? Like, God, you can't just, no. I mean,
3: in in one respect, I get why she would think that it would be as simple as going, you know what? We're going to end it because you know how it started? Peter said, you know what? We're going to start it. Yeah. So in that regard, I get it. Um, but I honestly thought we were going to see a different kind of fallout from her making this particular kind of like fool of herself. Uh, in that situation I thought people would be like yeah she just charged in and tried to undo all the things that he did before so she probably poisoned this guy yeah. and that well, did not happen
4: I think that's let me where not it not goes she's a woman right. and she's hysterical too Yeah, which mm. she measures off oh, just hysterical and it's just like oh yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's how it was
0: and ditzy yeah. Uh Yeah, no, Mitch can attest to the fact that when they announced that she was going to have to go give a speech in front of the Senate, I started pacing around the living room (laughs)
3: because
0: I knew it was going to be that painful. (laughs) Um, Had
3: had you been sitting previously to that? Yes. Okay, cool. You were were like, oh, Lord, I got to get (laughs) up. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, oh, oh, this
0: is going to be bad. So then I start walking laps around the living room.
4: It's fine. I also felt really bad for or- Orlo because Orlo was literally like, "Don't say anything about the war," and then literally five seconds later, he's just like, "What the fuck?"
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> can we talk about the fact that she's she's got two people who are clearly on her side, who she has chosen to be on her side for their different gifts, and she ignores oh. both of them. <laughs> Because Mariel tells her, it does not matter what you say. What matters is how you look. You are presenting yourself as empress. And she just goes, "Eh, no, my clothes don't matter. And then Orlo's like, broad brush strokes. Don't say anything controversial. I'm going to end the war and take away your serfs.
2: Yeah. Wait, what? Wait,
0: what? (laughs) Also, I don't know the names of the cities in the country or the countries surrounding the country.
3: (laughs) Mm -mm. It wasn't great. It wasn't great for second.
4: I need to get a map. (laughs)
0: I could could really use a map right now. (laughs) So, how does everybody feel? Because after this, after her debacle, we then start to hear uptick about Ivan again. So we're back. We're back with Ivan, and Mm -hmm. I think Mitch, you had a great line. She had to be blindfolded to go see him this last, the first (laughs) time, but apparently he's just behind Peter's bedroom wall.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They had to have a blindfold on and be led around the palace and then all of a sudden it's just, oh, I just have to push this door open, this secret door open in, next to Peter's bed and that's where Ivan is. It's like, it's about Ivan right? could have came in there and killed him at any moment <laughs> if he really wanted to. And They take uh, him around with the blindfold
3: too. <laughs> <laughs> we take you out of the room, we're going to put this blindfold on you, spin you around 12 times.
2: I mean, he He's never seen the sunshine, so he doesn't know where anything is. Anyways, like it makes sense. But he knows uh, parties. He knows what? He knows parties. Oh, he knows parties. <laughs> well, they let me drink. They're like, they whoa, know. slow down, bro.
0: I feel like you're a little young for wine, but you know what? Sure, why not? Why not?
4: Yeah. All <laughs> so, the wine in the world, Dionysus.
0: <laughs> so, how did we feel about Catherine's attempt to placate Ivan and get him on her side? Not great. Not going to work. Not not good at this.
3: I mean now now it's a it's a little immaterial. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yes. yes. <laughs> Elizabeth took care of the issue. Um,
3: You're welcome.
0: <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> um. So how do we feel now about the characters? Now that we've had this attempted coup and a coup against Catherine potentially with Ivan, where do we think everybody kind of stands? Are there any alliances that you see forming that we didn't see prior? Because I think we all kind of pegged Velementov as being for Catherine, mm-hmm. but now I'm not so sure.
3: He seems <laughs> like he's there for, okay.
2: Well, I was just going to say, I think he's there for himself. And I'm, I'm I don't know if that's what Stephen was going to say yet or not. Yeah, yeah. It just seems more like he was ready for a military coup. Like he was ready for him to be in charge with uh, Peter out, and I'm sure Archie was in tr- was ready for him to be in charge with, you know. And he would have been in charge if Ivan was the one. Like he would have been pulling the strings for Ivan.
4: I feel like what they're behind is Russia. That's what I feel like the most of it. They're behind Russia. They want what's best for Russia.
2: But they're yeah. Russian. Right.
4: Yeah, they're Russia, but Catherine totally bombed. Like it's, it's a slow process. She's gonna eventually be Russia. We know that, but like she bombed. So right now they're like, uh, okay, yeah. Well,
0: how, about, how about Elizabeth? Because I was on the fence as to what Elizabeth would do and who she would back.
2: She definitely wants to back but Catherine. I feel
0: like she's like <laughs> she is solidly in camp Catherine. Oh yeah. At this point, like, I mean, she murdered a child for her, so
2: but I don't think that's any for any like reason, like the the fact that they bonded all that much. I think it's more just she realized she recognizes that's the succession, like, that is how it's been done, that's how it should be done. That she's that Catherine's the next one, so she should be the one that everybody looks towards.
0: I mean, I get that, but if if everybody's playing for their Russia and for their betterment, Elizabeth's better off with Ivan than Catherine. Mm-hmm. Because she, Ivan's the only, she's the only person Ivan has ever known. It's true. So she would have the immediate regent control.
2: No, I, I don't I, think she wants control. I think she just wants it to play out the way that it's supposed to. Like, Ivan's crazy. crazy.
4: I mean, I, I think she crazy. might know that Ivan <laughs> hates, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Ivan hates her guts, so he'd probably order her killed. So. Which I, I had a whole Game of Thrones moment where when Ivan said that sweet thing after she said she had a knife, I was like, oh, my God, Mom, somehow Ivan's going to kill Elizabeth. I was like, I don't know why. Oh, my <laughs> God. And then it didn't happen. <laughs> and I was so happy. And I was like, sorry, Mom, I watched too much Game of Thrones. Like, if it was Game of Thrones, that's what would have happened. <laughs> that kid would have killed her. Like,
2: How do you explain that, though? Like, how does Elizabeth get away with it?
0: Uh, with killing Ivan? Uh huh. Easy. Peter told her to. Yeah. Oh it was a monarch sanctioned
2: Okay that's fair. Yeah. Okay.
0: Death, yeah, no, she's fine.
3: They can yeah. also say it for literally anybody. John, you were gonna say something though?
1: Yeah, do we think that uh Gregor and Georgia are gonna become wildcarts in this because of the conversation they had about um you know, if uh Peter dies, you know, where does that leave them? You know, they're nothing <laughs> to Elizabeth. So in order to maintain their power It's in their best interest, you know, as much as Gregor might hate him, uh, to keep Peter in power, keep him alive. Because everything they have relies on him, their status, their position in court.
3: I think that they fade into the background during the next step of things where they try to figure out who poisoned him. Then something bad happens to them. And then they realize, you know what? Fuck this guy. Let's go be nice to someone else. And then that fails wildly
2: they try to yeah. kill him i mean i guess i could see george trying to play it up as you know becoming better friends with Catherine in case something does happen to peter mm-hmm.
0: i mean she's she's already kind of set herself up playing in the background for that and she's like, definitely
2: different than the rest of the women at the court and she's shown that to Catherine. so no? I and honestly do you think that she would like would Catherine get rid of the other people in the in their court if she, if she comes in Press? like I think she would still keep them around because that's, those are the Lords that have been around.
0: I think she would keep them, but there is hierarchy in court and to be the monarch's mistress mm-hmm. puts you at the top of the pecking order and she would lose that level of pecking order. Mm-hmm. Uh, Svenska has high rank pecking order because of her wealth.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So if you don't have wealth, you have to have influence.
2: Okay. And we saw the same thing play out in the the house of Arcady uh, as he was talking to his wife. And she, he's like, why are we having a party right now? And she's like, we have to have a party. Either he dies and we don't get to have any of this anymore or he lives and it's, nobody's going to care. No one's caring that we're having a party.
3: When the people first came in
2: storming through looking for
3: Ivan, did anyone else think they were coming in like, you guys are having a party, like, you poisoned him? (laughs) I really thought that was what that was gonna be for a second there.
0: I didn't think so. I thought it was gonna be a there's a curfew in place, everybody needs to go home.
1: That's (laughs) informed. But
0: so we just heard Steven's predictions for what the whole... Because I, I agree with you, Steven. I think the next episode is all about trying to figure out who poisoned Peter. Anybody else have any predictions of how that's going to play out? Is Grigor going to get discovered? Is somebody else going to get blamed for it?
2: I think, honestly, the way that the show goes, I think by the next episode, there's not going to be an investigation. I, I think it's just all going to play <laughs> out that was just that episode and we move on to the next thing. <laughs>
0: Eh, the emperor was poisoned. It's fine. He lived. He Lives. Yep. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: One of one of the royal family was killed. It's okay. <laughs> we move on. They, they, could to,
3: they could try to push it off onto Ivan.
2: Yeah, uh, they probably will.
3: Like yeah. I, I could see it being something where you say that he tested it on the dog first or something. I, I don't know, but assigning it to him seems like a clear path to me now.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. So, what's Catherine's next step?
2: She's going she to need to get a map. A
4: map.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she's going to get herself a map. She's going to learn some cities.
2: I think right. she's going to have to take more advice from Arlo, and the fact that she needs to understand the players better and then uh, uh, come up with a more precise but stretched out plan because right. like you said when we were watching the episode you can't do everything at once you can't just come in there and make the change like yeah. it has to play out so mm-hmm. when she does eventually do this coup it can't just be all right we're all do- doing this all my way now and she has to, now she rec- recognizes that because she had her panic attack
0: okay well so I, i'm curious because one of the scenes that spoke a lot to me is when she asks Peter to live because she's not ready for this yet. Do we think she's going to use Peter for his knowledge? Because he's he's been trained to be emperor. The, the fact that he's bad at it is an entirely different thing. <laughs> yeah. Knowledge base, just not the personality for it.
2: I'm mm-hmm. sure everything that he's been trained in has been documented somewhere. She can just go find that herself. I don't... I. I I think it was just her being scared. She didn't, she didn't want the power yet because she knew because she just failed. So she needs him to live. <laughs> I do. <have> to <laughs> say it, though.
0: The pillow fight. The pillow fight.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah. I knew right then uh, that he was going to live, but I just assumed it was going to be a better scene of like two women are having a pillow fight over him. It's very sexy. I'm going to live for this. Like kind of thing. <laughs>
3: uh
4: huh.
0: And how do we feel it's going to play out since Mariel clearly told Archie that Ivan was still in the castle? Is that going to damper Catherine and Mariel's relationship at all?
2: Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that plus the fact that she was willing to kill Peter for her. like,
0: Well, for the... Catherine or for Mariel's purposes? <laughs> Well,
2: real, it's 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 for Catherine. Like, it will be for Catherine if she ever has to speak it out loud. But yeah. maybe it is also, for, it also helps her to become part of the court again. But she will throw it in her face like, I was willing to do this for you, kind yeah. of thing.
0: Any other predictions on <laughs> the upcoming episodes? Does Leo make it through the next episode or does he die in episode six?
2: You're not going to bring up the thing that you thought? During the episode when she was having her panic attack and obviously her corset was too tight.
4: (laughs) I thought maybe she's pregnant because of the rash. I thought so too. I was Uh, like, oh shit, is she pregnant?
3: (laughs) I only thought panic attack for that one. What was that? I only thought panic attack for that one. Even with like the rash and everything like that. That's in line with that kind of thing.
0: The panic attack was separate, but you know, I thought the rash was indicative of, because a lot of women get rashes and acne. Upon getting pregnant, because you've got all those hormones, yeah, fluctuating.
3: I, I was thinking the thing that was the rash was just purely a product of the panic attack. It it I probably mean, it, it probably is. is but probably. okay, okay. And there's another I, I reason. Something else. I was like, wait, what? It was a-? okay.
4: Yeah. Yeah. At first, I thought ra- a pregnancy though, but then when she had the pulp bone panic attack, I was like, oh, maybe it's just a maybe panic it's just attack.
2: Panic. I but I mean why. that would be interesting in the in the storyline of whose baby is that? Because <laughs> they're trying for the heir, but she's having a lot of sex with Leo. Like,
0: except um, Leo's sterile, so it has to be the heir.
2: Sure, he is.
0: <laughs> sure, he has yeah. He's therefore sterile. That's uh-huh. just that's the way that works.
3: Yeah. So, J- Jd and I forget his his <laughs> I forget her name now. Um, they didn't even have sex, and she got pregnant. It was Kim in Scrubs. Yeah. They didn't even have sex. <laughs> yeah
2: because she didn't exist
3: yeah well no no no. like um you, do you mean in real life she didn't exist no is it no these characters are very real to me mitch
2: okay
0: <laughs> but yeah no well and particularly coming right on the heels of elizabeth asking her if she happened to be with child because right. that would just yeah. fix everything
4: and it would have
2: uh i do have to say this as much as i don't like this show this is my favorite episode so far mm-hmm. <laughs> That does not surprise me. Uh, yeah. the, the dead dog which upset me um yeah. it was it there were a lot of things were happening things were moving along and there wasn't a lot of the infighting so to speak like
0: the petty drama, the
2: petty pettiness. So, like it was all right stuff about russia is happening uh i know at one point in time at, at first i was like okay this is only the middle of the season there's no way that peter dies already nicholas holt isn't off the show halfway mm-hmm. through the season maybe but, uh, yeah at, at, as, as the episode kept going on i was like whoa maybe let's he die here and the rest of the season is about her coming to power and then he lived at the end i was like oh that sucks <laughs>
0: <laughs> well yeah it looked like that they could possibly do that when the ivan storyline was still at play because then you've got the the struggle for power between two potential heirs. And how do you consolidate that power? Well, Elizabeth killed Ivan.
2: (laughs) Just have to remember that this is a comedy. So things status has to be restored by the end of the episode.
3: Yeah. It's, it's an interesting one. Like looking at it now,
2: specifically in like this last
3: couple episodes and knowing that they're still using these historical figures and then making it so different while still being so similar, if the end of the series isn't her coming into the power that she did in actuality, I'd be like, you know what? I understand. But the idea of playing fast and loose with the death of a character who normally lived to be in like their twenties as a kid in this one was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's such an odd thing to do. Like imagine if they wrote a story about like, if they just wrote a story about any one of ours lives, and all of a sudden, like, like they're they're making a movie about John, and John John meets me, and like in actuality, like they they make him meet me when uh, when I was like eight or something, and then at ten I die, and we never podcast together, it's like, wait, what? How? But I'm still in there.
0: I mean, yes, but they also changed the fact that Catherine and Peter met prior to Peter taking the throne.
3: Yeah, it's it's an odd thing to have done, <laughs> and it's <laughs> becoming more and more odd to me as we go through it. It's stacking up. Mm-hmm. So,
2: do do you guys know off the top? Because I don't. I'll tell you that right now. I, and I know this is a this is occasionally the true story, as they as they put it, or occasionally based on history. How uh Peter actually dies? Like, is he poisoned? Mm-hmm. I don't know. If the, that's
1: right, actually,
0: well, so he dies of natural causes. And I use air quotes with that because it was an illness of natural causes, but it's after Catherine has overtaken.
2: Oh, okay. So
0: Mm -hmm. so she groans him and then he dies of natural causes. (laughs)
3: Like you do.
4: (laughs) Nobody cares. And she wrote the history. I think the biggest difference is, They probably because they started so late because she married him so late, like she's just not who she ends up being. She's not even close to who she ends up being now. Like, she sees war and she's utterly terrified of it and won't ever go into war. But Catherine the Great expanded Russia's borders more than I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) like, she's just so naive. And I'm like, I don't know if I necessarily want to see this bubble of a girl turn into Catherine the Great. Like, I kind of sort of wish she came in more as a hard-ass, but but it's it's an interesting change.
3: I definitely understand that one, though. Well, like, wanting to actually see her be that character as opposed to being someone who's a little more, I don't know, not necessarily she's, she's like Bambi. In this yeah. one, mm-hmm.
4: but like, like it makes sense for her to be Bambi when she first married him at the age of fourteen. Like, <laughs> I kind of sort of wish they stayed more historically accurate, but then maybe it wouldn't be watchable. But it, I would think
3: it's not watchable. Like, we've seen plenty of things that, yeah. are, that would carry that same kind of tone and everything, even while still being a comedy. But
0: yeah, although as I as changed. we discussed at the beginning of watching this, once if they were to have stayed truer to history, it would be hard to have Catherine the Great be your lovable protagonist who's pure. Like there's, I think there's was- she comes out looking good if she comes out as Catherine the Great.
4: Yeah. I think that's where I'm kind of <laughs> a because I'm like, I don't want this current character to turn into that. I love Catherine the Great. Like she was an amazing female leader of the past and, Really badass, not a great person. <laughs> That's how you had to be to rule. Like, no ruler should be nice and have that much control. Like, it's just the name of the game, kind of thing.
3: Even Justin Trudeau has <laughs> a
4: Yeah. Like, you have to make really difficult decisions. And it's just, it's more like the type of ruler that Catherine the Great was. There's no way she was a nice person. Yeah. More like that. Like, there's no way she could have had that much control and be nice. At that time. And I just... I don't know if I... Like I... I, Now I have to split it. And I have to stop thinking about the history. Because I don't... I don't see this current character turning into that. Without a dramatic change. And I don't know if I want to see what causes that dramatic change. Like...
0: I don't think we will see her become Catherine the Great as historically represented. But I do think we will see a shift towards that.
4: Yeah. Yeah. We're just like, I mean, what's it, what's it going to cause to get her to lose everything? And just,
3: I don't about, know. about Treefitty.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Any
0: thoughts on Leo being accused of poisoning Peter? And that's the reason he dies?
2: I don't see that. No. No. I don't see that happening. It's too easy. It is too easy.
4: That might be why it happens, though. Because it is too easy. <laughs> And Mike, it, like Peter going, well, clearly he's fucking my wife. Therefore, it's got to be him. Like, kill him. Like, but really, but does, that he assign,
3: does he assign that much care to anything? Like, I mean, look at his like casual, uh, like, casual feeling about sex with people and their marriages and things. I don't know. I don't know if he'd be like, mm, uh, I don't know, because this guy's having sex with my wife. He probably tried to kill me. He. I feel like he's written that guy off long ago by mm-hmm. saying like, hey, he's he's infertile. yeah he's nothing.
2: Yeah, I think it's 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 simple as Ivan did it. Okay, cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Next thing. Maybe and Gregor can do all he can to be like, yeah, we don't need to investigate anything. Ivan did it.
4: Yeah.
2: I did like that one guy.
3: I'm sorry. Uh look at Ed, Ed Gregor like, yeah, no, he was poisoned. But the <laughs> so, to debate whether or not he was
2: the dog died. <laughs>
4: the dog died. After Are eating you, the same borscht.
3: yeah, it's like one plus one equals two, and Gregor's like, I mean, it could equal three, yeah, if you <laughs> practice <could> teriology.
2: <laughs> 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 All right, so
1: John, you're you're mighty quiet during this episode. Was there mighty anything pain? that spoke out to you other than the queasiness? No, I'm just thinking back to some of those scenes, I'm still like, oh man, what's wrong with my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> okay. all right. Was it the borscht? Did did, did the probably, borscht get you? Cold beets, yeah, arsenic. There's <laughs> beets. There. Battlestar Galactica. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Steve. Where can people find you online?
3: You can find me all across social media as either peppermint gent or peppermint gentleman.
1: Uh, it's Jessica.
4: You can find me on Twitter as JM Bailey writes.
1: And John. I'm on also Twitter at magic bollocks and Elizabeth.
0: You can find me with the rest of geek media at geek media and our Facebook page forward slash geek media.
2: Uh, check out archive episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geeklymedia.com. Please rate and review this podcast on whatever podcatcher you use so that we can spread the awareness of our network. But yeah. until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek, geek out.
4: out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.